Hello, and welcome to the podcast that takes you with us without kidnapping you. We bring our travel stories and some funny behind-the-scenes happenings to life in this fresh new take on telling travel tales. Are you ready to take off? Let's go. Travel, travel, instigator. instigator. We'll take you with us without kidnapping you. Travel, travel, instigator. instigator. We'll take you with us without kidnapping you. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Travel Instigator. I'm Peta. And I'm David. And we're here to tell you quite a tale about uh, a wee trip out west. A wee trip out west to Wyoming via Billings, Montana. <laughs> yeah, that was a starting point. Yeah. And the ending point. Yeah, and this story has a very interesting ending. So we want to get you all psyched and ready to go because we took the long way in getting out here. We figured, you know, Heading out west from the East Coast, it's always an adventure. And we wanted to savor the journey. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. There's a lot to do out there, and it's beautiful. Gorgeous. We want to take the, the time and, and get the most out of that trip. Yeah. Flew into Billings, spent a night just somewhere casual. Yeah, really just to rest up because we knew it was going to be an adventure. Oh, yeah. Left really early the next morning. Yeah, long road trip. Yeah, but we wanted to see Yellowstone. We really did. Yeah, that was the first thing on our list. Mm-hmm. We're going out there. I don't think we would ever go out there for Yellowstone, per se. No, but we were close, own. so... Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because getting out to this Red Reflay Ranch, we had a bunch of different options. They even have their own airstrip there, and we could have done that, but we're not private pilots. No. So we didn't do that. We flew commercial. One of the guests that was there uh, flew his plane in, though. So sure. It sounded did. like a good option if, if that's available to you. Oh, yeah. Well, if it was. Was available. To yeah. You. We'll get back to that in a minute. Let's first talk about how surprised I was, and I think you were too, by the terrain, the diversity of terrain throughout Yellowstone. Yeah. I mean, you think of it, I think you think of Yellowstone as just straight up, you know, pine covered hills and. And old geezer, I mean old faithful. Old faithful, the, the geezer or the geyser. Well, I think it's luster. It's it, it did seem a bit old. It did seem old. We, we might have caught it on a, on a bad day. Yeah, but it was faithful too. I love a faithful geyser. It's so good. <laughs> so we enter the park. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Looking for bison. Looking for bison. No bison in sight. He didn't see one. Not no, one. Not at all. I did see one when we left. I saw four in a pen on the side of the road. But let's go back into the park. Let's. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So I loved that there were these like verdant valleys. There were small lakes and little streams, ri- streams and rivers, yeah. creeks, I guess you'd say, in... North America. A crick. A crick runs through it. However, this wasn't a, the kind of crick you'd want to dip your toe in. Not this particular one, because they were fed by other bubbling hot springs. Yeah, thermal hot springs. It's so crazy. I liked it. It was so nice anyway. Yeah, it was something different. There was that uh, sulfur smell in the air actually quite a bit, you know, yeah. that went along, I guess, with these... Uh, with the sulfur springs. Absolutely. <laughs> 
And we did. We made it to the parking lot of Old Faith. Well, it's funny that this geyser has a parking lot all to itself. It was huge. And it was packed. 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 And we understood why. Well, long story short, we waited an hour and 20 minutes for Old Faithful to hit its mark. It hit its mark. We, we first got there, thought we had front row seats being all crazy cozy. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> They're like an hour and 20 minutes from now, it's going off again. So we strutted around, and there were so many beautiful pools surrounding it. Yeah, it's more than just the geyser. Yeah. Uh, the area around it's quite beautiful, actually. It really is. And I like the lodge. Went there for some ice cream after. Lodge was really nice. I love that. So Old Faithful went off. You, you, I was disappointed. You were appointed. You weren't. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as, as uh, intense as I thought it was going to be. It didn't go up as high and bellow as and much as I thought it would. It's, it's still cool to see it. It's cool to see it. It really is. Eh, wasn't it bad? Eh, wasn't it bad. You and the accent. So we left. Yeah, the we skedaddled. We, we got out. We did. We, we scoot boogied down the road. And that's when, when we were leaving the park is when we saw, well, I saw you were driving, the pent-up bison. Yes. Someone was, I guess, herding? From Farming? Me. Yeah. I guess. Pets? I don't know. Maybe. That was all we saw. That was it. And you never saw them. No. But we did hit a cool little town called Thermopolis, just yeah. a little ways away. Yeah, Thermopolis. Thermopolis, boo. <laughs> well, that's where I did see a buffalo. One-eyed buffalo. The one-eyed buffalo. But it was on a sign. And it was a craft brewing company. It was. Not a real-life buffalo. Right on Main Street, Thermopolis. Yeah, and what caught our attention is that this Main Street, look, my mom watches a lot of Westerns. Just going to put that out there right now. It looks just like one of her, the Virginian or... You know, Beverly Hillbillies. The no, Rifleman. Beverly Hillbillies is not a Western. That's not a Western. It's just making things up. But the Rifleman, yeah. All of those that she watched. It, this Main Street looked just like that. I was like, wait, we got to stop. Turns out it was a good call yeah, for us. Nice craft beer in there. It's really good. Yeah, we got in. I think their, their food was nice as well because we got in at 11.59. They open at noon. <laughs> 15 minutes later, couldn't find a seat in the house. Yeah, they're doing a good business in there. And rightly so. It was fun. Good vibe. Yeah, the music was nice. We wanted to get a t-shirt to prove we'd been there. But they were sold out. (sighs) Alas. So we hit the road, but I want to go back. David, I definitely want to go back because as we left, we saw that they actually have a hot springs park. And you know what that means. You can... Basically, natural hot tubs. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go it's back. one of the biggest in North America, I think, is what they were proclaiming. <laughs> That's it. Can you imagine yourself toes in the sand, drink in hand, somewhere in the Caribbean? Well, you can too. Caribbean Living has a store that quells that craving while inspiring you to plan your next trip. Slip on a pair of their wrap pants, throw on a pure cotton halter top, and make yourself a cocktail while plugging in potential flight dates, let's say, to Jamaica, Aruba, Antigua, maybe Cayman. Once booked, grab some of their hand-beaded island jewelry, brass bangles, and their signature bottomless sandals called toe jammers to prep for your trip. That 
fabulous vacation you just booked. The Caribbean Living Store, bringing the Caribbean vibe right to you, whether you're here or planning to be there. Visit their shop at CaribbeanLivingMagazine.com slash shop and look for a link at TravelInstigator.com. Then we headed out to Red Reflay, the the guest ranch, 35,000 acres. They let us romp around on 6,000 of them. And they were in a town, well, just adjacent to a town called Ten Sleep, right? Because what was it called that again? They- yeah, Ten Sleep beckons back to the days when, you know, travel time wasn't really measured in miles. It was measured in how much time it took you to go from the closest town to the next town. And... Ten sleep was exactly that. Ten sleeps away from the closest town. Yeah. I love that stuff. That's pretty cool. And then we learned about Deadline. It's not the original Deadline, I come to find out after doing a little research. But there was an unfortunate slaughter just at the foot. Yeah, at a the, feud. Yeah, at between, the entrance. Yeah, between the sheep farmers and, and the, the cattle herders. And the cattle herders. Yeah, the, the cattlemen weren't having... The, the sheep... They didn't play nice together. No. You can't graze in my pasture. It's hard to believe there were pastures out there without irrigation back then because it's arid. It's pretty arid. It's pretty arid. So I guess the the little patches of green, the each herdsman wanted to, you know, just be sure that they had their stock... The best grass. ...taken care of. Yeah, and they drew a line. There was a massacre one night in their covered wagons... The sheep, the shepherds, the sheepmen, <laughs> the shepherds, <laughs> lost my vocabulary. The shepherds actually were massacred, and the surviving ones drew a line in the sand and said, if you're crossing this after sunset, this is the dead, dead line. line. We will kill you. That's, that's the story on that one. But I did a little research, and the, the word has other origins, but, you know, speaking of origins of, of words and, and phrases, getting out to the ranch was, that was a trip through, not history. History is, is so shallow. Yeah, geologic history. Yeah. These things were, we, we passed through different rock terrain, colors, terrain, textures. Some were super red. Others were purple that I thought, that must be made out of amethyst. Some were emerald green and not covered with foliage. No, but it was breathtaking. And just seeing the changes along the way, every mile or two, things just changed. And the signs, there were signs like, oh, this is... Yeah, there was signs that would kind of give you an idea of which age the rock that you're seeing came from. And these roads were carved right through that. Just carved. Rocks from the Mesozoic Age or the Paleozoic Age, you know. 50 million to, you know, 500 million years old. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that nuts? And here we are, like, literally meandering through on a man-made high. It's breathtaking. Not just the scale of them, but the age. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, we got an up-close, if you will, not just a drive-through of them. Later on, when we got to Red Rifle Guest Ranch... Yeah, the rock formations were absolutely incredible there. They, yeah, the, the, the rocks were red, and reflet is French for reflect, and there are a couple of watering holes down at the base of some of those mountains on the ranch, and 
boy, they yeah. do reflect when the sun, at, I think it was at two o'clock from then on through sunset, there was yeah, a gorgeous... Yeah, the golden hour was just amazing there. Amazing reflections. Yeah. So we checked in. I'm just going to give you guys... The, the whole story is on swankyretreats.com, and there's a link in the show notes on our website, travelinstigator.com. Ever been on that trip that was way cooler than expected? Traveling outside the obvious has enhanced every trip that we've taken, and I bet it's what enhanced that trip that just came to mind for you. It's so cool to unearth these gems, and that's exactly what Swanky Retreats does. They share stories that inspire readers to travel, as they say, outside the obvious. Check them out at swankyretreats.com and start to explore the world with fresh eyes. Look for them on thetravelinstigator.com as well. I'm going to kind of gloss over this because yesterday, after the magazines have been printed, website is uploaded, we got a little bit of news that I'll share with you in a minute, but we arrived checked in in this gorgeous, modern, floor-to-ceiling, two-story glass building, right? With an yeah. angular roof. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm, I'm speechless. It was a sight to behold because you're coming out of this dusty area and pop goes this beautiful structure. Yeah, it was kind of in contrast to the land around it, which looked, you know, pretty rustic, fields, horses grazing, and then yeah. there's this building up on the hill. Just in a 360-degree view, right? We had a verdant field down there where we saw deer grazing, cattle grazing. Then up on the ranch across that little road, there were horses in their paddocks, yeah, and that was yeah. grazable. And then the arid, dusty side of the hill, some were taken off from the pasture. It was amazing. And then beside that, you had the huge red rocks, to your left, to your right, there were always different sorts of landscapes. It was a beautiful thing to behold. And we got to explore it all on ATV. Yeah, that was our mode of transportation for the few days we were there. Yeah, as soon as we got to that main house, which is the owner's house, and also the dining room and the the common area, if you will, where we congregated for dinners, because each chalet, you had your own kitchen, Breakfast was done there. Lunch you could also do down at the lodge or up at your chalet. Lots of options there. So many options. There were a lot. When we got there, we got the ATVs. (laughs) That was... What a treat, you know. (laughs) So brilliant. And we decided right away to just go for a run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we had the opportunity to do more than just lounge around in our gorgeous chalet that had all these breathtaking views. We had opportunities to go shooting. We were going to be able to horseback ride. Yeah, we did that. Zip line. Dirt bike riding. Yeah, I did a rip on the dirt bike. That was my first cool. time. You did okay. I did well. I think yeah. I didn't never came off. No, yeah, you didn't stall it. You, no. uh, you learned to clutch pretty quickly. Yeah. It was good. It worked out, and I like it. I like it a lot. I did not like the shooting. I was great with a shotgun. Throw some clays up there. I'll knock them out of the sky. The handgun, not my bag. It's a little disconcerting. My first time having a handgun in my hand. But you know what? I, I did quite enjoy the target shooting. Yeah. You were good at that. 
Yeah. You were good at that. I don't know if that's a good thing, but... Yeah, please. That's... Yeah, I'm not I, I kind of enjoyed it for my first time. And the rifle was all right. Yeah. I got to hit good. a couple of shots. I With think I hit scope. a rabbit. Yeah. Again, nice challenge. Yeah. A metal rabbit. Not a real rabbit, anybody. No. No. I wouldn't do that. My name is Peter, like the organization. <laughs> but I did like the horseback riding. I think for me that was the highlight, especially the rim trail that we rode. Yeah, I'm impressed with you because you'd not been on many horses. And no. this was the shale beneath the hooves of the horses. were It was cracking and it was slippery and we were on the rim. Right on the edge, you know, five feet from a 200-foot drop. Yeah. Precipitous, precipitous yeah. drop. It was, it was fun though, and we wended our way through the mesquite trees and doing all that good stuff. And the horses were so good; they were so calm. Yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. They looked after us. So, well, one rubbed me against a couple of juniper. He did, but <laughs> but didn't mind that at all. I felt safe and secure. But the waterfall ride, that was what we heard about, right? To go on that the next day, I'm like, what waterfall? This is a desert. Yeah, it didn't look like there was any chance of a waterfall being anywhere close to us. I was like, I'm going to be parched and bring my own water. I don't believe you. So we did. But ended up going with Penny. She was the general manager and our guide. And Sophie was her assistant guide, Yep, if you will. So, I mean... As we went along, it was dusty. It was dry. It was probably 100 degrees outside. I think that was a tougher ride because we had quite a few ups and downs through gullies and so forth where, you know, the horses would actually trot a bit. Yes. And for me, that was, whoop. A little new. Oh, yeah. Loved it. But wait, wait, what's surprising, not only are we about to see a waterfall pop up, really, like a pop-up shop, yep. as the kids would say. Pop up, everything's a pop up now. Well, this was a pop up waterfall because we were in the middle of an arid desert. But what seems surprising in what is now a very arid state is that, listen to this, David, millions of years ago, Wyoming was underwater. Hard to believe. Underwater. 300 million years ago, not that long. It was, it would have been, this is how underwater mm-hmm. it was, it would have been an island off the west coast of North America. Can you imagine that? Actually, no. So like Catalina Island, that's off the coast of California, that would have been Wyoming. But I didn't believe it, didn't want to believe it. Then Penny said, oh guys, I want you to see this, I want you to see this. And we're like, what is it? She goes, your eyes will get used to it. So it's, it all looks like very... Dried clay. Yeah. The, the dust was dust and dried clay. clay. Yeah. <laughs> she hops off her horse, slides down the side and says this, and hands us something that looks like a clay dart. Yeah. Or a small stone or something. A little yeah. bullet, like that kind of shape it was. And there were a lot of them. Okay. There were fossilized tentacles from a squid-like cephalopod that lived in Wyoming when it was underwater. Crazy. So, so we were picking up things that were like, millions of years old and they were everywhere yeah how many were there that did did cephalopods rule the earth at one point i really need to google that because the after she showed us what to look for we couldn't unsee them they were everywhere and i left mine in the the bags on the side of the horsey i wanted to bring them home but yeah those are called Belemnites. Belemnites? Belemnites. Belemnites. 
Thelemnites. Yes, but those were our squid-like cephalopod fossilized. In the Wyoming desert. Tentacle, yeah. <laughs> Just everything so perplexing. But that kind of convinced us, right? Like there was water there, so maybe 300 million years later there'd be something left, a stream, a brook. And there was. A waterfall. <laughs> oh, that was fun. We actually got to dip our feet in. It was very cool. It's spring-fed. Yeah, nice and refreshing. Yeah. And what explains it is that it is spring-fed. They don't get much rainfall out there. Not these days. Not with the way our planet is going. We had a good time. And it was gorgeous. And we took pictures. And we're going to post them. Definitely. Travelinstigator.com. So you can see it. So we trot back. Not really gallop, but we trot back to the the stables. Remember the horse that was in the stable? Oh, I like to call him Mr. Ed. He looked like Mr. Ed. He was just always Poor soul looking at us like, why can't I go out? He could not go out because he got sunburned. Uh, he was yeah, like a blonde. Like an albino horse. Albino horse. And it was so sad because he you could feel his heart. Every time we rode oh. in, I always waved at him. So cute. And he always looked at us coming back with yeah, a sad knew. look on his face. He knew. He's Mr. Ed. Made me sad. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. But he was cute. He, he was. was. He was so cute. Caribbean Living. This is the magazine that takes readers beyond the beach. Explore all the food, art, culture, music, mountains, terrain, and more in the pages of Caribbean Living. It's the magazine that takes readers beyond the beach. Grab a copy in print or in digital format. Check our website for a link to CaribbeanLivingMagazine.com. But guys, we do have to break some news to you, right? Because all of this, and we are the travel instigator, so you probably want to do what we did. And we want you to do all the things that we do. But I got news Today, just before recording this, again, after magazines went to press, after this is out in the world for everyone to see digitally, in paper, on newsstands, that they sold Red Riflet Ranch last week. That's so sad. Yeah. Laurence, the owner, and her husband, who hosted us, they, they were talking about it. I mean, Laurence is 79 and she was ziplining like she was 29. Oh, no kidding. Such energy. Oof. We're going to post videos of that. It was so good. Her husband more wanted to get out of it and I guess they got the price they were asking for. Yep. There'll be a link to the story in Swanky Retreats, but not a link to Red Reflet because Red Reflet no longer exists as a guest ranch and Visitors won't be able to stay there anymore. Yeah, it's very sad. I know we, you know, people who go back there often. Yeah. And now they won't have that to go back to. So that's unfortunate. But we had a good time, and I'm glad. We're so glad we got the chance to do it. Yeah, and share it with you. Such guys. a unique trip. There are other guest ranches out there, and I went to one in Montana, the resort at Paws Up. That's spectacular. I did it late winter, early spring. How much fun. We're going to do a podcast on that. Yeah, we'll do that. I think we'll go back for sure. But we're so glad that you guys came along on this journey and dig into the details on travelinstigator.com. 
Absolutely. And there's lots to see in Wyoming, so. You know. There is. Yeah, we drove out and we stopped you, Mr. History Buff. We did Custer's last stand. Oh, yeah, we did uh, the little Bighorn National yeah. Park in there, yeah. As you said, I'm a bit of a history buff, and that was on my list, and it didn't disappoint. Uh, very, just very interesting, gave perspective on, you know, the battle and the legacy of it, and the changing legacy of it, I would say, as well. Yeah, yeah I so think... Very interesting. I think it, it was foreign to some people. We had, as we walked in, to find out our starting point, and do we walk it, there were certain points you walk, and there are other points that you drive, and the the guide in there, the ranger, was actually Native American. And he said, start here on foot. And to the right, you'll see where Custer fell and, and his brother. But please, go across the road. And I mean, by across the road, it's 40 feet away. And see the Indian Memorial, mm-hmm. the Native American Indian Memorial. And we did that. Didn't see a lot of other people doing that. No, but it was spectacular. It so was, well done. Yeah, and rich in history. You get to drive to all the different stations and read about it. There's a radio station that can talk about it if you don't want to get out of the car because it was hot. You yeah. think about it uh, from one perspective, being an American, I think you would think that way. But being a Native American, you'd see it a completely different way. Yeah, your perspective is completely different. Yeah. Plus, I think there's a perception that this battle was a static battle just on mm-hmm. the hill where the last stand. But it was a running battle over yes. several miles, and the park kind of covers the whole range of you know, the events. Beautiful. Beautiful to experience that history. Yeah, very much so. I enjoyed it. So we leave you here, guys, and uh, thank you for tuning in. And sorry this one ended on such a somber note, but trust us, tune in next week, and you'll get an earful of some new and exciting adventure. Absolutely. See you next week. Bye, you guys. Thanks for joining us on our latest adventure. PETA is PETA Phipps, publisher, producer, all-around entrepreneur, and the travel instigator. David is David Blair, an engineer, travel cohort, blossoming photographer, and thinks he is a badass motorcycle rider. And he is very Scottish. Travel Travel instigator. instigator We'll take you with us without kidnapping you. Travel, Travel instigator. instigator. We'll take you with us without kidnapping you.